Hello, I'm Elizabeth, an obsessive backyard gardener who might be able to offer you a couple of tips. And I'm Keith, a landscape consultant, and I'm also passionate about gardening. The one thing we both have in common is muddy muddy boots. boots. Plant diseases. They're painful for our plants and a pain in the neck for us gardeners. So, on today's podcast, we are going to identify those diseases which are commonly found in most gardens at one time or another and talk about how to prevent, control and finally rid our gardens of them all together. We hope. Hello, Keith. Hi. (laughs) Plants are living things just as we are, so they can be subject to illness from time to time. Now, we try to keep ourselves healthy and prevent illness with a good diet and exercise, Mm -hmm. don't we? We do. So what steps do we need to take to stop our plants from getting sick? Well, prevention is the best solution. How about that? Yeah, well, you're right about that. That's a good <laughs> right. start. So good soil health is the best thing you can do to control a lot of these nasty plant diseases. So lots of organic material added to the soil, a regular check of your soil pH, and my go-to, Munish Rock Dust. dust. The, the, the addition of rock dust to the soil is adding up to 100 trace elements and minerals that will feed the soil's microbes, who will then in turn feed these, these micro elements and minerals to the plants, and then to the fruit, and then to you. Mm. So this process increases the plant's level of sugar. So it's called a BRICS level, B-R-I-X. Okay. And the higher the sugar levels, the harder it is for pest and disease to break these down. The pest and all the disease will go elsewhere, leaving your patch clean. Now, you and I always talk about compost. So yes. we know how incredibly good that is for the soil. Now, you've also just mentioned regularly, regularly, bleh, regularly checking your soil pH. How often is regular and how do you do that? Do you do a, do you, like, do you do a soil test on every bed? I do. Oh, you know, so I've got eight, eight raised beds and I've got a little, a little plastic tag and at the at the beginning of the new planting season, so right now all the tomatoes are in, yeah. but once they come out, yeah. I check the pH of the soil for the next crop that's going in, which, which will be brassicas. So, you know, the cabbages, the collies, all those sorts of things. So the pH is checked after each change changeover, pretty much. Basically. Okay, so it's not every week. No. It's so every time you put new – before you put new plants in. Yeah. Okay. So the only one I, I wouldn't bother with is, is the one that I'm going to be growing carrots in because I want the yeah. worst, want crappiest soil I can possibly yes. get because I want long, straight, tapering roots going deep down to the oh, soil. I'm still trying to get that right. <laughs> it's really hard, actually. I didn't think carrots would be that hard to do – to grow. Um uh, I want to make sure I do this properly. With the rock dust, yes. how often do you add that to the garden? Is that process as simple as throwing a handful of, yeah. of rock dust over the plants? And how often do you do it? It is. And I do that once again every On the change, change of, of the, of the, um, the new species that I'm going to be putting in. So you can't overdo the rock dust. It's not never going to hurt anything, anything you, know, you, you know, your plants that are going in there. Okay. And I generally throw it over the top. Yeah. Because it has a paramagnetic uh, reaction to the plant as uh, well. Uh, what, what? Yeah, um, so it, it it's got a polarity change that that affects the affects the plant as well, okay. which is a great thing for, for for the soil. You know, when you when there's been a great big thunderstorm mm. and there's been lots and lots of you know lightning and so forth, like like this morning mm, for instance, yeah, yeah. and you go outside and you take a big deep breath and everything just smells, smells so and fresh. fresh. Yes, that's because. The, the, the charge of, of the, the lightning has mm. hit the ground mm. and had a, had a, a polarity 
change with a lot of the things that are in the soil. So it's the same sort of thing happening with rock dust when you apply that. Now, my garden, I do obviously have a vegetable garden, but a lot of my garden is filled with, you know, other plants other than vegetables. Yeah. I'm obviously not changing them over. How often... Should I be applying rock dust to them just every couple just of months? One, just no, just just once a season, you know. Okay. You know, so okay. So yeah, so if you if you with each season, you just go around and just throw a handful over the mm. over the plants. Each you know, it's a, it's a so when you mineral. feed, when I'm feeding the, so if I'm adding my uh, my fertilizer yeah. at the beginning of the season, just throw in the rock dust as well. Absolutely. Okay, that makes it much much easier. Thank you very much. So we've now done everything we can to make our plants as strong as possible. Yeah. But. Diseases, unfortunately, still can occur. Yep. So we need to be prepared for those times and know what control methods to use on which diseases. Can we start with one? Can I give you a, a name? Give me a name. Black spot. Ooh, black I don't spot. like it and it's a problem for me. Oh, Tell me boy, about it. Boy, I'm glad I know something about black spot. Mm. All right, so the, one of the main things that it affects are roses. Yes, I all know. Right? The leaves yellow off yep. and blocks, black spots form within the leaves. A simple and organic method of control is to mix a couple of teaspoons of bicarb in a five-litre uh, container of water. Mm. You add a few drops um, of detergent and some seaweed solution, and then you just spray that on. Okay. All right. Now, commercially available alternatives that are safe are copper-based fungicides such as Bordeaux. Okay. All right. Now, I've had plenty of experience with black spot, unfortunately, mm-hmm. and I do use the organic method that you mentioned, and it, work, it does really work well. It's been great. I all, I've also, it was also recommended to me somewhere along the line that I use sulfate of potash on the roses a few times a year to help increase the, botani- the, sorry, the potassium levels. Would that yes, be right? that's right. Okay, so that's... That's, that's what it is. It's yeah. potassium. So just a four, a, a, like a, four times a year. Yeah, you can do that. I think and so, it does seem to help because I've... Yeah, go so on. It, it's, it's a main element. Potassium yes. is a main element. Right. So um, we've got the, the three main elements, nitrogen, yes. uh, phosphorus, yes. and potassium. Yes. All right, so nitrogen. What is that, NPK? NPK, yes. yes. So nitrogen is for top growth. So that's for um, lots of green growth yeah. on a plant. So if yeah. you put lots of nitrogen, you get lots and lots of, lots of growth. Greenery, yep. and, and And you do that to a lawn, you'll be, you know, cutting lawn all the time. Yeah. Um, the phosphorus... Is, is for the root growth. So mm-hmm. it provides you know, good um, food for the roots to go down nice and deep and all the rest of it. Mm. And the potassium is for flowering and for fruiting. Uh, okay? okay, so with roses, you're going to be looking for beautiful big heads of, heads of roses. But if you put potash around a fruit tree, you're looking for lots of beautiful big fruit. Okay. All right, so they're, the, they're the, 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 the three main elements. Okay. Uh Another thing we need to say before we move off, off black spot is when the leaves fall, Gather them up. they hit okay. the ground and the, we've got to, rem- you know, it's hard because they're doing it all, sometimes, they're doing it all the time. You've got to gather them all up and remove them and put them in the rubbish bin, haven't you? Because you otherwise black spot spreads really badly. Yeah, it, it, it will just... because most people can't compost properly and that's, and that's a problem. If you have, oh, you've got, a, yeah, if hot you've got compost. a hot compost, yeah. you'll kill those spores of the fungal. Yeah. But, you know, look, don't risk it. Gather them up, put them bin them. Because sometimes you don't you really, do. I mean, anyway, it goes on and it's, you've it just does. got to keep those processes that we've just discussed going. Okay. Another plant the d- disease that drives me mad is powdery mildew. Yep. I found it on a few of my plants this year and I'm gathering that's due to the high levels of humidity that we are having. Is that right? It is. It is. Okay. All what right, are we doing so, about that one? All right. You can use bicarbosoda. 
and you mix that with a little detergent and this is more of a preventative thing so you'd go okay. around and spray it okay. um we had um we had a, a call or a message from one of the people on on instagram mm. sent me through in a, a, a video okay. that, of her tomatoes we're all yes. developing this powdery mildew yep. and um that this was the same recipe that I sent through okay, to her. Okay. Uh, another option, and this is a little bit, little bit more organic, mm. is a garlic spray. So if you use garlic in water, you crush a bulb, um, not a clove, a bulb, yes. into uh, a, a litre of hot water and you just allow it to seep and sit. So you leave it for 24 hours mm-hmm. uh, before you use it. And then you can strain that and put it into a sprayer and go around and spray the powdery mildew. Now, garlic naturally contains sulphur, and sulphur is what controls powdery mildew. But you can use a compost tea or a worm tea uh, because this provides an abundance of food for the the, the natural microbes, Mm. and they can control powdery mildew as well. Okay. Milk is another way of controlling it, Um, and this is one that I, I would probably say would be the most effective so full cream milk diluted with water, 50-50, must be sprayed on a day with plenty of sunlight. All right? Yes, the yep. sunlight is the key to yep, this yep. because it's the combination of the milk and the sunlight that helps to create a, a, a form of antiseptic, which yep. kills off the powdery mildew. And you should leave the plant out in the sun for as long as possible, correct? Absolutely. So don't just put it out in the sun for an hour. You've got to no. leave it out for the whole day. So I've got for a really day. good sunny day. Yeah. Okay. Now, I remember you telling me to use a milk spray not that long ago, which I did, mm-hmm. but I think I might have missed the part where you said the solution should be mixed with water. I think I, I, you put, I, it on I only meat. put full, yeah, neat, <laughs> that's right, full, neat, full milk. Well, you can blame me for that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, it's, it kind of worked, but maybe it didn't work perfectly, but it kind of worked, so there you go. So, yeah, that's good. They're not dead anyway. No, that's something. All right. Now, our precious vegetables can be prone to disease, especially in humid weather. Yep. One of those diseases that I do hear, I'm hearing about it a bit at the moment, is blossom end rot. Now, oh. what is that, Keith? All right, so what, what blossom end rot is? Now, the, the, the actual vegetable or the plant, as it's growing, has the flower at the bottom. Yeah. All right, like so that's why it's called blossom End, end rot, right? So it's the, it's the end, the end where the, the blossom flower. was, yeah. all right. Yeah. And this is generally caused by a lack of calcium in the soil, right? All right. So you need to need to add, make sure that your pH is set. And this is where this going back Get to the to soil this soil kit out again. This you know this first thing we we discussed, yes. making sure your pH is right. Okay. So you adjust it um, by. Using uh, either mag- um, using dolomite lime, which is magna- magnesium and calcium, or garden lime. Okay. I prefer to use dolomite lime because it's got the magnesium in there as well, which is also an- another element that, that the plants really really need. Okay. So what can I just interrupt? What what should the pH be, or does it vary depending on? Well, the- it, well it, with most of these plants, so with blossom end right, uh, uh, blossom end rot affects zucchini, mm. which um, I've had happening at home, mm. capsicums. Eggplants, mm. melons, yep. and of course, the most important one that's going around at the motor at the, the moment. Tomatoes. The tomatoes. <laughs> all right. Yes. So the soil pH on so all of those should all be all be at seven. I knew you were going to say seven. 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 Neutral. That number. Seven. Absolutely. Okay. Another another way that if if you have already applied um, uh, the the calcium to the soil and your pH is spot on, another thing that can cause blossom end rot is infrequent watering. Mm. Now, I, r- I rave about this all the time. If you've got vegetables 
Those those vegetables need four mil of water every day of wow. the year. So you water every single every day. Every single day. Oh, I, I don't. I, I won't. Oops. I won't water today because I've got a thing on my phone, a little app That's... that tells me how many mil of rain we've had here in oh. where we live here Have in Mount Eliza. And we've had six. Oh, fantastic! So I don't, I don't need to water had today. Any at all, really? Oh, no. okay. So you have a day. So you turn on. You've got. Oh, you've got your irrigation system on your vegetables. What's your? Sorry, but while we're talking about water, what, what sort of system do you have on your raised beds? It's vegetables? called Leslie with the hose. Oh, you're joking. And well, Brett's not going spray. to do that for me, is he? <laughs> well, you ask. You ask him nicely. He will. He won't. I'm sure. He might. <laughs> okay. All right. We better move on. Have you finished with blossom end rot? Yep. Okay, the next one, brown rot. Brown rot. Is that well, another one? Okay. Is, that, is that similar, the sound? And, and, and I've got to put my hand up here and say, look, I'm guilty of, 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 of this brown rot, brown rot, in, brown on, rot my, on my plants, <gasps> yes. And the reason for that is that, that um, we've got over 80 fruit trees in the backyard. I know, amazing. And they all draw an enormous amount of goodness out of the soil. And I have a regime where... With the the bee garden in the front, mm. after I've cut all that back, I go to a section of my uh, fruit trees and I mulch the whole lot down, and then I put another mulch over the top. Yeah. So there's I'm, I'm working my way around, but this year, where the nectarines and and where the apricots um, and the peaches all are, with this humid weather, the hot humid weather, um, I've got brown rot. Because you hadn't got to those trees, or you because had too much. Because I haven't got round. No, I haven't got round. That they're, they're not as healthy as they should they be. They haven't been they're mulched not, as well. They haven't been mulched. They haven't been fed as well oh, as they should be. So this job. is my fault. No, it's a big job with 85, 90 trees or whatever you've got <laughs> in, out the back. Oh my goodness. Okay, so then what are you going to do about it? So, so I'm just slowly move around with okay. with, the, with the mulching and with the feeding and all the rest of it. Okay. And I'll do that. I'll do that at pruning. Now, brown rot. Um, you, you might, I don't know whether you've ever, ever seen on your phone on an app, weather, weather app, you'll see that the government actually puts out a warning on oh, brown rot. And oh, I can, wow. Yeah, at the moment, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's out it's, there. It's, it's, it's a, big, there. a big warning out there saying... I'm not surprised with this weather. We haven't had humid weather like this for a very, very long time. Keith's just showing me on yeah. his phone now. Oh, so it's not on there. It's about the, the thunderstorm. At oh, the it's not on there. Okay, <laughs> take that back. But that's for the, the commercial growers. So the commercial growers, yeah. I mean, they, 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 they could lose thousands and thousands of dollars. Oh, I know. You know, it's their livelihood. Yes. So they would go, they would go out with pretty toxic sprays and kill this um, this brown this rot. brown rot. Oh, um, but is that what's that doing to the fruit? I mean, it's obviously surviving. Well, it's gonna it's... The, the, it'll it'll kill the, the the brown the fungus spores on the yeah. on the actual fruit, so it won't go any further. Okay, so they but can, what... they're still harvestable the and edible. The not doing anything to um, well uh, health. That's of the fruit. that's why that's why without my trees, I'd just throw my hands up in the air and said, "Bad luck. Mm. I'm gonna have to just cop it this year." Mm. But. Um, because I'm not prepared to go and put some of these sprays out. Yeah, I know. That's what I was going to say. What is that doing for the fruit when someone's going to eat that fruit that's been sprayed with a toxic chemical? Yeah, well, a lot of these toxic chemicals um, are systemic and therefore they're drawn into the fruit. I know. And then you're eating that's that, exactly what those I'm saying. chemicals are nasty, so that's why good. I won't and use those. No. Um, yeah, so there's some pretty nasty fungicides that, that will control that. So... You know, people used to say, "Oh, you know, when you when you get your fruit home from the the supermarket or the fruit and veggie shop, always give it a wash." Yeah. Well, if it's systemic, it's already it's inside, inside the fruit. It's absorbed. You can wash it forever. The cows it's never going to come out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so what have we got here? How are we how are we uh, how are we preventing brown rot in the future? All right. So what we have to do then is we use copper based fungicides. Mm. 
which are perfectly safe. Okay. All right. Okay. And you spray the tree um, in, in 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 autumn, late autumn, with, when there's a few leaves still on the plant. You've got to go around and spray every single part of that tree, mm-hmm, mm, and yep. then you spray the ground because any leaves or or, yep. or fruit that have fallen on the ground, they're going to carry those fungal spores into the ground. So I tend to spray all that and then put heavy mulch over the top of that. Okay. Stop it getting through. Yep. And then you spray again in winter and then very, very early spring and yes. then at what is called the pink bud stage. Oh, yeah. Pruning of the plant is another important thing because you yes. want that vase shape because yes. you want the air to get Yes, get you want it to be it. open. Yes, yeah. I understand. Yep. But the problem I've got... You haven't got the room. No, I have. I've got oh. all mine are all vase shape. But yeah. the problem I've got is that I've got possums, Rats, oh. rainbow laura creeps, <laughs> and any other bird yes. that wants to share my produce. So what oh, I do is you, I put a net over yes, it. Yes, you have to net it. So it's a two mil micron net that's created its own micro environment inside that net. So it's not getting that air So through. it's not getting the airflow through. Oh, so it's a catch-22. Rock 22. and a hard place. Catch-22, yes, definitely. All right, quickly, we're going to run out of time. Many of us are growing tomatoes in our gardens right now, as we said. What possible diseases should, be, well, should we be looking out for on the fruit of a tomato? On the fruit? On the fruit. Ooh, um, well, there's lots of caterpillars and things that will, will go the fruit. Um, Fruit disease, diseases. Um, well, there's, there's not really many diseases that, that you, you'll get on, on, on tomatoes, providing, providing um, you've been carrying the right regime. So you've yep. tested your soil, yep. top pH, yep. Yep. you've put lots of food in the soil, yep. plenty of tucker for the food, you're watering on a regular Every basis day. in the morning. Yes, of course. Um, otherwise, the, 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 there are fungal blights. Yes, exactly. Uh, there is one called fusarium. Um, and, 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 and then there's another one called verticillum, and they are all to do with the soil pH, mm-hmm. so they're more affected by the soil pH, yes. and watering at night. Never, okay, ever so, water yeah, okay. tomatoes at night. Water okay. in the morning, let the water get down to where the roots are, and then we're away. All right. I think we better. That's fantastic. You had enough of that? I think I've had enough now. It's oh. a little bit depressing. Uh, I wish we had more time because there are still, unfortunately, a number of diseases, but I don't think we want to know any more of them right now. However, what I have definitely learned, and I hope that our listeners too have learned, that good soil health is the best medicine of all, making our plants strong and healthy and ready to fight off any of those rotten diseases almost, almost, Amen. almost every time. <laughs> And on those occasions when they do catch something, there is always a great natural and non-chemical control measure to wipe it out. Thank you, Keith. My pleasure. Thank you for listening to Muddy Boots. For more information on today's podcast, please go to muddyboots.net.au and happy gardening.